Hey, Real Pink listeners, this is just a quick note to let you know all episode transcripts are available at realpink.coman.org under each episode's post. Our guest this week will be sharing a lot of great info and resources, and we don't want you to have to worry about rewinding or writing it down. Again, that's realpink.coman.org. Susan G. Komen is proud to launch the MBC Fund, specifically designed to spur scientific discoveries and support those women and men living with metastatic breast cancer, building on Komen's $210 million investment in breast cancer research. For more information on the MBC Fund and how to support it, visit www.komen.org MBC. This week on Susan G. Komen's Real Pink Podcast, we are hosting daily conversations about metastatic breast cancer. Just in the U.S., metastatic breast cancer is expected to kill more than 42,000 people this year alone. That's like a sold-out Major League Baseball stadium disappearing every year. That's unacceptable. That's why every day this week, during National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're speaking with people living with metastatic breast cancer sharing their stories, their experiences, and their words of advice. Today, it's estimated that at least 154,000 people in the U.S. have stage 4 or metastatic breast cancer. Although metastatic breast cancer currently cannot be cured, it can still be treated. If you have been diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, there are many ways to stay active in the breast cancer community, Getting involved can be personally rewarding and can impact the lives of others. Today, I have the pleasure and honor of talking with Jerry Johnson. Jerry, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Adam. Glad to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. I love your perspective, love your enthusiasm. Uh, So just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Let us get to know you. Great. No, thanks. Uh, So we'll start with the front of my business card. Okay. I work for the Walt Disney Company, and I'm responsible for the enterprise-wide systems that relate to our HR functions. So hiring, managing talent and performance and career pathing and so forth. So it's an exciting space with a very large and diverse company. Yeah. So that's exciting. I was led here through years of of consulting and and industry type positions. So this is really my dream job. I've been a Disney nut since I was a little kid. So it really is my, uh, my dream adventure. Yeah. So that's the front of my business card. Okay. On the back of my business card, I am an 18-year survivor of stage 4 breast cancer and a metastatic survivor. So that story started in 2001. Uh, I was diagnosed with with stage 4 cancer. I was pregnant at the time. I was actually uh, four months pregnant when I was diagnosed. Wow. That's a scary twist to the life-changing event of of trying to have a child. Mm. So we went to the doctor and, you know, they said, uh, statistics are very individual and we don't look at things like survival rates or mortality. Each, each cancer journey is, is individual and, and unique. Right. I didn't really understand that at the time, but as, as I, as I've gone forward over the last 18 years, I realized it, it very much is an individual experience. Mm. So after that first, you know, diagnosis, there was just this sort of white noise of chaos that happens a, a jargon and a terminology that you don't know and understand. I'm not in the medical community. Right. And great doctors who were, who were patient in explaining things. Um, and we chartered forth and there was no time to lose. The cancer was actually spreading about every 45 days, very aggressive. And um, 
based on that, we went through 26, I went through 26 months of, of treatment, active treatment, uh, chemotherapy based, a few sets of chemotherapy, uh, radiation and uh, surgeries, several surgeries. Wow. Yeah. So 26 months later, walked out on the other side of that and said, whew, I'm totally done. And, and by the way, we did lose the baby along the way. Loss is something I think we'll talk about in a few minutes. It's, it's a part of this experience. And the psychological effects of that are, are challenging. And, and the emotional side of that is, is really challenging. So after we're sort of at the better stage of things, I asked my oncologist, or what, what was it that sort of helped us uh, you know, define this very individual path to get where I needed to be? What is it about this journey that, that made a difference? And she said, hey, there was some initial research out of uh, that Komen, Susan G. Komen, uh, the Breast Cancer Foundation had funded. She said, you know, they were pairing high-dose chemotherapy cocktails for different types of cancer together to try and treat really aggressive breast cancer. So kind of a combination of lung cancer and breast cancer chemotherapy. And that's what kind of stopped everything long enough for them to be able to go in and work all the individual areas that the cancer had spread to. So I thought, hmm, well, that's interesting. I, then I thought, well, I need to research this Komen group. This sounds really interesting. And that's actually how I got involved with Komen. So they were a big part of, of my initial survival story. Wow. That is an amazing story. So, so let, me, let me just make sure I got a few of those details correct. So you said that number one, you've been living with stage four metastatic breast cancer for 18 years. Year one prognosis was 5% survival rate. What is like, what would you like others to know about metastatic breast cancer? So I think there are a couple of key things about metastatic breast cancer. It, it is the chronic version. I like to say mm. it's the chronic version of breast cancer. So it stays with you. You're always sick, but you're not always in treatment. And I think, I think of it in terms of kind of other chronic diseases, like a, a, like a diabetes or, or something like that, where you're not always daily fighting, although you do, it does flare up. So it's one of these diseases where, hey, you find an issue one year, hey, you need to go address that. You need to go have surgery. You need to go have some some sort of chemical cocktail or something to, to address that sort of flare up. And then for me, at least it has flared down. You kind of go into remission for a while. So it's this kind of roller coaster effect. And we talk about this physical aspect a lot. We don't often talk about the psychological effects of this sort of roller coaster physical experience. Right. And to me has been as hard and, and quite frankly, at times harder than managing the physical side, the anxiety of, Am I sick? Am I not sick? Is the treatment working? Is it not working? Being tired of being sick and being tired of being thought of as chronically ill, it, it brings you down. And there is a, a level of psychological and emotional um, challenges to this disease that, that have to be managed as well as the, the pure physical. Wow. That's really insightful. Uh, and and I, I really appreciate you sharing the psychological toll of that. And I think also, if I can just pull on a thread of something you said a moment ago too, I think there's something you said that I thought was interesting. You said each cancer journey is an individual journey. And I think what you were alluding to is that uh, stats are scary, but that every scenario is unique and different. Is that, is that kind of what you had in mind when you said that? Absolutely. Things that work for one person may not work for someone else. How our body responds to treatments, how our body responds to the type of illness that you have is very different. And I think that's one of the things that's very exciting in, in the breast cancer research space mm -hmm. right now is really targeted patient-specific therapies. Yeah, I totally agree. 
So let's dig in just for a moment into how you've coped with the diagnosis. You talked about the, the physical toll, the psychological toll. Like, what do you do to sort of manage that? That's a great question. First and foremost, get a medical team that you have confidence in. It, it does not help your <laughs> physical or uh, a psychological well-being to be in a relationship with your medical staff that you don't have confidence or you don't feel like they're supporting you. Right. You still need to advocate for yourself, but you can't carry the whole burden of managing every aspect physically and psychologically. I was a information sponge. I wanted to know everything. And it was funny. My, my, um, my oncologist was kind of my quarterback of the medical team. And I was sitting in her office one day and we went through all the normal tests and she said, okay, I'm going to sit down and, and you, you, you know, break out your questions. I had a notebook for every doctor of all the questions. Because I always ask, hey, do you have any questions? And when you're sitting there on the spot, you know, I couldn't remember anything. Yeah, right. So I carried around this notebook in a section for each doctor. It was just cute. At the end of every visit, everyone would say, okay, now what are your questions? And that to me was really important because I wanted to learn about it. And they were really great about my need for knowledge and the level of comfort that that gave me. I love that. I love that. And, and so speaking of the, the medical community that you surrounded yourself with, you know, what has been the most helpful to you in creating that community of support that you need in order to, to sort of continue to move forward? I think the important part in your medical community is to be sure that you've got one person that's sort of quarterbacking all of the different things that need to be done. The, the challenge with a disease like metastatic breast cancer is there, it, it pops up in various different things, right? So I had a, a radiation oncologist. I had a dermatologist that managed the skin. There are all these people and specialists that get involved. It's really hard to make that a cohesive plan. And so it's really important you find someone, whether it's your oncologist, your surgeon, your, your primary care physician, right. someone who can really help you quarterback all the different pieces that are going on and be sure that those are, are put together in a comprehensive medical plan. Because it doesn't make any sense to have one person go do something that's not within the fold of what needs to be done across all the specialties. And I think you know, specialized medicine is fantastic, but it has to interrelate to your total medical plan. That's right. I love that. And, and so you mentioned earlier about getting involved with Susan G. Coleman and some of the research that that helped you with. Can, I, can you talk just a little bit about how getting involved with Susan G. Coleman has helped you through your journey with breast cancer? Sure, absolutely. And I'll even rewind a little bit to say, I, you know, family and friends are an absolutely imperative part of any survivor's journey, re regardless of whether you're metastatic or you're, you know, a, a stage zero, a stage one diagnosed patient. Cancer is a scary thing. Family and friends that can support you, but not drag you down or become overly concerned. People who you can just, you know, go to lunch with and not talk about cancer for an hour or two are really an important aspect of it. But then also people who can go with you through the hard times. Right. Uh, and so this is where my family really became uh, a big part of getting involved with Coleman. So when I, I got through the first 26 months of treatment, my husband and I, by the way, we'd only been married 18 months when, when I was diagnosed. Wow. He, we, we said, hey, this is fantastic. Coleman has done so much for us. You know, I am, we are compelled to pay something back. You know, someone strapped on some shoes, walked, raised some money, uh, you know, for us before I even know I knew I needed that. And so we wanted to find a way to give back. And so our, our first engagement with Common was Breast Cancer Three Day Program, which is a 60-mile event over three days. So it is an endurance event. And yes, coming out of 26 months of treatment, that training goal was a really important part of recovery. 
for me as well to say I could really do something that, that courageous. My husband walked right beside me every mile of the way. And, um, and this year we will actually be doing our 17th uh, three-day walk. So this is our family commitment. Yeah, I love that. Two twos on and we, we go all out. My, it, it is one of the most inspiring three days of our year every year. And my whole family is involved and it's really a, a wonderful way to celebrate and support. Um, that. So that's sort of our first uh, involvement with COVID. I said, oh, hey, I can, I can do something more than three days a year. And I said, you know, how can I volunteer? And I just started off as an office volunteer and got involved with Race for the Cure and eventually joined the local board uh, of our affiliate out here in Los Angeles and just recently joined the, the national board. What I do for a living in terms of, you know, kind of business and technology operations executive dovetails really well into what, you know, Coleman needs. Coleman needs strong volunteers that can make a difference. And this is an organization that is making a difference both on the ground at our, at our local level. I see the impact every day with folks in the LA area who are impacted, who maybe need patient navigation assistance through their breast cancer journey or, and those of us who've come on the other side as well, but are still challenged by the experience. You know, you, you see folks with, with after effects of this disease for a long time, uh, things like PTSD from the trauma and the stress and the anxiety of, of the, the having to go in every year for annual tests. And, and being able to help on a local level is, is so important. So I think that local structure that, that Coma provides is really fantastic. Um, and then in addition, they have this national structure that helps support the, the really large-scale breast cancer research initiatives, which obviously some of that saved my life. I love that. And I love that, you know, you, you, you're, you're pushing through this. You didn't sit on the sidelines. You're getting involved. You're making an impact, you know, not just for yourself, but for thousands and thousands of other people uh, globally. And that's, that's really admirable. I appreciate the effort that you're putting into that. So you talked a minute, you talked a little bit about support and, and, and kind of the support that Komen gives and all that sort of stuff. I wonder if we can just, we can just hone in on that for a moment. What are the sources of support for people that are living with breast cancer right now? That's a great question. And um, there is a great way to contact Coleman is through our website. So please feel free to reach out through that. If you're in an area that has a Coleman affiliate, you can also look that up on the Google your Coleman affiliate in whatever town or city you're in. It'll get you the closest one to you. Uh, and reach out. There, there are resources. There are local people in these affiliates day in, day out, doing amazing work connecting people with the right medical staff, connecting people with caregivers, support groups, financial assist groups that will help with financial assistance, diagnostic assistance. Hey, I think I might have something. I don't know where to go. I don't have insurance or I'm underinsured. These are ways that Coleman helps um, um, locally. So get engaged uh, with Coleman. Just reach out, pick up the phone and, and call someone or send us a chat. I love that. I, I, lo I love that you're a technology person. And then you said, send us a chat through the website. Like that's, that's just amazing, right? So Jerry, last question for you. What piece of advice do you have for people living with metastatic breast cancer? I think the best piece of advice would be not to put your life on hold. Don't wait. Hold back things that, that aren't progressing you in living your life. Hold back the anger. Hold back the stress. Hold back the, uh, you know, woes me. Don't let that become a black cloud over your life. Um, whether you've got two days or 20 years, you know, who knows? We, we're, we're all living with an expiration date on our heads and, and not to become obsessed with that, but live your life. And it's not always that you have to go do something huge. Live your life every day. Enjoy things. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. 
enjoy what you do for work. And if it doesn't please you and doesn't meet your needs, then don't do it anymore. Don't, don't carry the anger around with you. If it's not helping you, let it go and live your life and, and make plans and, and enjoy where you're at. I love that. That's such great advice. Jerry, this is genuinely an inspiring conversation. I love your perspective. I love your enthusiasm. Uh, you know, I, I love your, your take on life. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to share that with us today. Well, thank you, Adam. It was a pleasure. This was a fun conversation. Thank you for joining us for this special metastatic breast cancer series during National Breast Cancer Awareness Month on Real Pink. For more information about Komen's impact and initiatives related to metastatic breast cancer, visit komen.org forward slash MBC. It's time to end this disease.